Afloat upon the wings of majesty, the soul tarries to the higher shore. In its midst remain the remnants of earthly dualities, but not within, for within there is new unity, an encompassing oneness, an embracing light, an effulgent bliss. Beyond these shores, the emissary can no longer retain individuality, nor does she wish to do so. As the sequential flopping of her arms embraces the exit of all that remains within, they flop at her side, like a flower dizzied by the sun, or unquenched by the waters. But what is this that is happening? An emptying? A perusal of sorts? The gaze of the emissary becomes fixed, for there is nothing to see unless God so deigns it. Beyond the shores of the solitary, the emissary releases her shine. Her glory is no more. She falls limp to the ground in an organic display of relinquishment. For to whom has she been seeking? Not herself. No, not the self. But the God of the self. And in order to embrace that union of all unions, she must become nothing. And so she wilts into the ground like a flower who is dying, like a blossom which decays, like a rose on the last leg of its journey into full bloom. And she waits. For there is no more. The emissary has nothing to seek, nothing to find, nothing to embrace, nothing to foreshadow, nothing to dismiss, nothing to gain, nothing to lose. Only the light of glory holds her interest now. But of what essence this is, she does not know. Of what manner or power, she does not know. Of what substance, no knowledge. She awaits her beloved, limp, completely emptied, but not forlorn. There is a bliss in nothing. There is an ecstasy in being unfilled. All movement ceases within her. And thus, movement now begins, and this is the secret of the emissary. And so, in her ignorance, the emissary was born out of her existence upon this earth and taken into a world anew, beyond any previous splendor she could have known, foreseen, or imagined. Met at the shore by two future saints, it was given to know them as such, even though they had not yet been canonized. Their holy magnificence humbled her as she fell to her knees in gratitude for their coming. But they took her hand and lifted her up, leading and guiding her spirit into a sacred interior tabernacle beyond all spectacle of imagining. Looking around, she could not speak, for there were no words. Within her, she felt the distinctive essence of the presence of God which was dispersed in every molecular transcription of this grand and infinite space. Only that which was holy could enter here, and she did not feel herself worthy. So she stood in awe and silence as her spirit was given by an external force to slowly turn around and look upon the entirety of this body and essence of the Spirit of God. She was wrapped in her attentions, and she said nothing. Her eyes were like that of a child looking up to a beloved and spectacular parent for whom such love was born that it was beyond imagining. 
from Gregory of Valence. It is to be stated that the imperial heaven is a certain celestial orb above all the others, immovable, most bright, all beautiful, and perfect in itself, the abode of the blessed souls where God manifests himself clearly to their intuitive vision. Gregory of Valence In this space, it was impossible to regard the self as an I, for it was a she now who was experiencing and watching, not herself. But I bowed before my two saintly guardians again and announced my unworthiness to be in such a place. One of the guardians stepped forward and said, From Solanus Casey, We must be faithful to the present moment, or we will frustrate the plan of God for our lives. God condescends to use our powers if we don't spoil His plans by ours. Solanus Casey